Ahoy, adventurers, and welcome aboard. I'll be your captain, Ace Diceman. With me is my first mate, Mr. Cooper. Yo-ho. Join us as we set sail on an adventure into the wonderful world of RPGs, tabletop games, and beyond. Now let us spin you an epic tale. Good evening, Mr. Cooper. Evening, Captain. I see we have uh, guests aboard today. We do. We're uh, we're going to pull out the uh, epic... Uh... The uh, what do you call it? The, <laughs> I can't even think of what, what to call it, Captain. What are we gonna do? The retro gaming today. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna get all of our systems together and set them out on the deck, and we're gonna play. Yes, we have parlayed with the. Uh... <laughs> you can't say it. You've never been able to say it. No, I, I can't. <laughs> have them introduce themselves, then, Captain. <laughs> Uh, my name is, uh, Parasite Steve. I am a co-host of the show Retro Redoctopus. And I am Boss Rush Mode. I am also a co-host of Retro Redoctopus, and I'm also a gigantic bag of crap. Um, I mean, that, <laughs> that last part is debatable, but we are half of the hosts of Retro Redoctopus here for you. And we love video games. We love all things retro. And, uh, yeah, so I think we're gonna, uh, you know, even though we're not like big table toppers, I think that, uh, we might be able to handle the other side of things, and and uh, I'm excited for the uh, the topic that we got we got tonight. Yeah, I, we've we've had uh, we've had Tim on previously as a guest during yes, our eight bit alchemy. Uh, yeah, he also does the intro, outro, and our random encounter music for us. So if you enjoy those, um, that's your guy. Yes. Um, today's today's quest we are going to be questing for the fabled uh, power glove. Uh, what exactly it does, I'm not sure, but you know what? It's an artifact, and I want it. So, um, it's so bad. You want the uh, the magic the magic power glove so you can play Mario three in the movie The Wizard, <laughs> and we then later in life get arrested for being a pedophile. Is that what that kid did? Oh yeah, yeah. Some oh. of us got jobs at uh, like uh, well, like Walmart and uh, and uh, in, in business, and uh, he just he just went into pedophilia. Wow. Yeah. Lucas, wow. yeah, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas was a big bag of crap. Not Boss Rush. Oh, not not Lucas like Corey Corey uh, Haim. No, no, uh, it wasn't Corey Haim. I don't know. I don't remember the actor's yeah. actual name. But, well, I think Corey Haim was I, on the opposite end of the pedophilia thing. Yeah, oh. yeah. He's been outspoken. He's been outspoken about it for years, and it's like he's like, I'm not going to name any names, and it's like, how big is this name that you're not gonna, you're not gonna point the finger. Does that mean that this is a cursed object? Like, was he corrupted by the power glove? I mean, it's possible. It did suck. Yeah, and it taught him to touch. Yeah, I mean, I mean he only it, grabbed two. He only grabbed two stones with it. Yeah. Mm. So, so what you're telling me is he used his power glove to play the Game Boy. Uh, oh. Well, I, I I don't know. I didn't say. Now, you said that. Now I feel abused. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's head for cleaner shores here. Uh, <laughs> first off, uh, Mr. Cooper, let's go with your uh, your favorite game from yesteryear. I, I'm going to go with Legends of Dragoon on the uh, PS1 system. So this was a, a role playing game uh, featuring characters that evoked dragon spirits that gave them special dragoon armor, and um, with this, they were actually able to. Uh, summon kind of uh, various dragons of different colors and different elements. 
So uh, it's it's uh, notable because it was uh, right after Final Fantasy VII came out. This came out, and it was a uh, a Sony production where it, it didn't have anything to do with like Square Enix or anything like that. And um, it, in my opinion, it was one of the best uh, sort of uh, Sony produced uh, RPGs for the time. Didn't it have like some kind of like real time reaction system? Like if you hit the button at the right point of your attack, it dealt like extra damage. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it would be like a combo chain. So you would actually, instead of just, just hitting the button and waiting for it to react, you would have to have a reaction time where you would hit X or hit triangle or something like that. And um, say the character that I'm going to talk about, her name is Rose. She would do something like she would go whip smack, you know, like that. And um, she would hit someone with a rapier and then she would like drag it across them for additional damage. I love I love that kind of stuff. Uh, actually, uh, Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo had that same mechanic. I loved it. It's it's always really yeah. It's always more fun. Yeah, if you press the button at the right time, and you know, it feels like you're you're more you have a more active role in these time based right. battles, these turn based battles. Yeah. I should say. Make the battles go. I was gonna say make the battles go a little bit longer, but it's it's more engaging, so you don't mind so much. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I think there's something with with. Final Fantasy VIII, where it's like Squall's Gunblade had that trigger, or that might have been one of his limit limit breaks or something. Something. Yep, you're exactly right. So um, I'm you're exactly like, right. I'm looking at to this build. character. This character is awesome, Rose. Yeah, Rose is Rose is a badass. She's essentially an immortal from a thousand years in the past when the dragoons had lost their greatest uh, battle to I think the Moon Child or something like that. So essentially, you're fighting. Um, I want to say it's like you're fighting giant kaiju in this game. So it's pretty cool. The characters overall are really cool looking. I, I remember this game, but I never played it. Um, and I always remember uh, loving the character design. The armor is so over the top, so cool. And everybody's got these, you know, dragoon forms with these metal wings. They got like archangel sort of dragon wings and uh, all different colors. And they're just so freaking cool. Now, I actually had the action figures, too. So I had Rose's action oh. figure, Dart, who was the main character, uh, Miranda, I want to say, and, and I think there was another one. Or, uh, wow. So I actually went as far as to write the company to ask them if they were going to release new ones, and they actually got back to me. We had some correspondence about it, but it never quite worked out. <laughs> wow, these yeah, are really cool. I'm looking at them. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. One of the characters died, and they replaced it with oh my the God. exact yeah. same character. I actually hired a kid when I was working at Target because we talked in this entire interview about this game, and uh, <laughs> our, our and we were talking about Labbits who died, and then they replaced him with Albert. And I said, "You need to work on my team. I don't care how, I don't care why, but um, you know, I hired him for that reason." <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, I, I just want to mention this uh, this character. Uh, because what we're doing tonight, right, is we're going to present a character and then it's up to you guys to, like, build the character for a tabletop game, right? That's the idea? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get to that. But this, just seeing this character, Rose, she really, really reminds me of a character from the Valkyrie Profile series. Mm. Um, there, in that series, there are three Valkyrie sisters, and two of them have had na uh, games named after them. Uh, the original Valkyrie was Leneth, and then there was Silmar Silmaria. And the third Valkyrie is Hrist, and she is easily the badass one, easily my most favorite. And she looks exactly like Rose. It's like crazy. Like look up, look up Valkyrie profile Hrist. It's H R I S T. 
and like it's it's uncanny. Valkyrie. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna do that now. I remember playing this game um, not when it came out, maybe a handful of years afterwards. Actually, I got like um probably got a digital port for the PSP. And I remember enjoying the game. I don't remember too much about it because things just go in one one side of my brain and not the other. Just you know, story. I mean, I like stories and all, but I'm more about just hitting enemy with in the face with a weapon, and that that'll keep me happy. But I do remember liking the game. And um, one thing I do remember about this game that I didn't really care for is like in theory, the dragon forms were like super awesome, but they were like com- kind of crappy that you actually use in in practice. So I always kind of avoided it. Hmm. I, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, um, I, I was more into just when you got to the the sort of Sailor Moon transformations for your quote unquote limit break or dragoon moments, and then you would do like those those chains. That I was more into that. But yeah. um, it, and I did just look it up. Chris does look almost exactly like this character. So. Both cool. Yeah, what I what I think was going on with the other uh, dragon forms, I don't think you could use like spells or like healing stuff, which was like, oh, like um, okay, why, 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 just just, just why, right. why would you take that away from me? <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where it it innovated on a lot of stuff that you had seen in the other stuff, and, the, and then they like built on it, and they had some good stuff like like oh, um, after you beat the game, you can go after this sorcerer and try to get yeah. this sort of game plus mode, but it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a perfect design you know true still but i enjoyed a super it. fun game though yeah i in fact i think <clears throat> excuse me um the that was the first thing i ever bought off ebay me and my friend kyle both wanted a copy of the game and uh we were on the work computer and i said dude i said i don't trust putting my credit card in here onto ebay i said why don't we go have these on one of them prepaid debit cards <clears throat> And we'll do it. We'll do it that way. And I think I ended up actually reselling or trading Legend of the Dragoon away. And I, I can't say that I even put probably thirty hours into it. I, I just I, I was more Final Fantasy Seven. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to invoke the Holy Grail, sure. But that's low hanging fruit. <laughs> but, and the one, the other one, I regret never getting to play was Wild Arms. I always wanted to play oh, Wild Arms. Oh, that was my jam back in the day. That was my PS. about that game all the time. I have a digital copy of it for years, but I've never played it. It's like I got to be in this like really weird, specific mood to even play an RPG. Even I mean, I like some RPGs. I mean, I didn't play them back in the day, but over the last ten or so years, fifteen years, I've gotten more into them. But it's the the mood hits me so rarely nowadays. It's like all right, I've got like a backlog of like twenty RPGs that I did really, really want to play at some point, but just never got to. I just want to play Gauntlet Legends again. Yeah, Gauntlet Legends was fun. I love that for the N64. Um, the um, the problem with a lot of PS1 RPGs is unless you have nostalgia, I find that they're really tough to swallow, like graphically. Um, the yeah. thing the thing with um, some of those like the pre-rendered like stage graphics, at least they still look good. Like for Seven, I don't I don't know how Dragoon did it, but. What was what was awesome about Wild Arms is all of the like overworld and walking around graphics was it was all sprites and they were completely amazing. But oh, my God, when you went into a battle, I mean, the the PS1 (laughs) graphics are so bad. They're just they're just unbelievably bad. They're like, you know, I mean, it's funny. we, We look back at seven, too. 
but it's it, it for some reason seven has this this status that like nobody ever wants to talk anything bad about it but i mean the battles look like shit they look like complete crap i mean obviously well, yeah, obviously everybody has hooves and stuff people make fun yeah. of the hooves but like oh my god it's just so ugly but this was worse like wild arms looked a lot worse but in my opinion the overworld walking around stuff was infinitely better because i'm just in love with sprites i love hand-drawn pixel art and uh so for me that was just one of the main reasons and it's also like steampunky western it's just different has a very yeah. unique score yeah that that intro that that intro theme is worth the price of admission by itself it is it is that intro for for wild arms one and honestly it was it was fun too because you had like a party of three characters and that was it like you just get them kind of right away you never get anybody else but like those three characters each had like tools that you could so you could you could be any one of the three and walk around and they had specific tools that they could actually use on the map screen so you're walking around and it sort of feels like an almost like an action game i'm trying to think of like a different like another game that it reminds me of and i i'm not i'm sure there are examples but i can't really come up with any but like i don't know the the boss the the battles were all random and stuff but it's like you know if if you were on you know like a typical dragon warrior type game or whatever like that you're just top down but you're actually able to like move stuff around i guess like zelda i guess like zelda like link to the past sort of like the kind of like that but there's three different characters and they each had like a few things that they could do just like link can swing his sword like they could do certain things like that and it just made it fun and it felt very different but wild arms pretty fun game i didn't play any of the sequels though (laughs) (laughs) Well, getting back to the uh, the matter at hand here, what what do you think they're captain for uh, this this uh, character? Heavily armed, um, uses a rapier, has kind of like the um, the armor, limited spell casting, I'd say, but um, dark magic user. I'm not terribly familiar with the game, but from what you're telling me, it sounds probably like Eldritch Knight would be the way to go. Okay. Uh, that's gonna get you. That's gonna get you the armor. That's gonna get you some spell casting. Um, as far as the dragon thing goes, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, that's overpowered. That's ridiculous. You can't play a dragon." Uh, I think. I think she would be more geared towards like a dragon lance RPG, where they actually do have the dragon mounts, um, and you probably could work in some kind of dragon something. I think the player, true to form to the game, it's going to take a while for that build to come online. But if you wanted a little, if you wanted to sip the Kool Aid a little bit, you could probably go Eldridge Knight as early as level three, um, and that'll get you kind of the feel for for what you're aiming for. For um, I guess Elf for the race because you know she's long lived. Um, but Homebrew is always an option too. I mean, if you were literally going to be like, hey, let's play a Legend of the Dragoon. Um, uh, campaign, you know, where everybody's getting these, you know, dragon summons, um, and you're fighting like, you know, these big kaiju type Tarask monsters, um, where it's just like a bag of hit points and, you know, a couple crazy attacks. Um, I, I don't see where that would be a problem. And I was looking at possibly the Sentinel feat, uh, you know, because it's a, kind of like a reaction sort of thing, an attack of opportunity. Um, from there, kind of like the, uh, like I mentioned, the whip smack, you know, it's like a hit and like a smack, snap back with like a, a rapier. Yeah, well, also with the, the fighter, you'll get that action surge where you can make that extra attack. Now, it's not every, you only get it, you know, once per, I think, long rest. 
uh, till you get to the higher levels. But then you get the, you know, at level five, you're going to get the extra attack plus the action surge. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of buildable, but like, like you said, also, if you're, if you're going to homebrew, you can just work that in there where it's like, everybody's getting these, you know, uh, what I would do the way I would do it as I would do it by exploding dice, where if you roll max damage on your die, you get to roll it again. Oh, cool. So on and so forth, as long as you're hitting that max, max damage. So on the D4, it would be very easy for your, you know, damage to, uh, you know, potentially exceed, you know, a great axe, um, just because it's such a nimble little weapon and you're getting in there with that max D4 the whole time. Um, but could you just imagine, you know, like hitting a 12 twice in a row or a 12 and then an 11, you know, and you've just cranked out 23 damage in one hit uh, just off the exploding dice. But yeah, that, that's something to look into now. Now they got the gears turning. Um, I think that works for mine. So uh, who's up next? We are going to go with the Golden Axe. Okay. Revenge is just better. Okay, well, that's me. So uh, I have chosen, uh, as you said, a game called Golden Axe, The Revenge of Death Adder. This is actually the second Golden Axe arcade game, and it's always been a favorite of mine, and I always felt like it was kind of, I don't know, under-celebrated. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a great game that uh, feels a lot like the original, but also a lot more uh, like what beat-em-up games kind of became with uh, the, the 90s sort of, you know, the Capcom, Capcom and Konami, like sort of, you know, the... Streets of Rage, side-scroller beat-em-up. Yeah, um, more, like, more like in the arcades, though, we had things like, you know, Alien vs. Predator, and oh, we had yeah. like, um, you know, there's the D&D games, there's two of those, you know, Shadow Shadow over Mistara and like Tower of Doom or something. I think they were, and um, you know there there was some like seriously amazing sprite graphics in the arcade and beat 'em ups, and especially in the early '90s. And this was really like of that ilk, whereas the original was you know had very different graphics, very early graphics, you know, and it was impressive at the time. But I think that yeah, the original um, looked like Street Fighter backgrounds, you know. Now yeah, was this. Like, was this one that you could play for hours or was this a real quarter eater? I mean, it's a quarter eater for sure, but the graphics are big and the sprites are amazing. And anyway, so the character that I, I chose, uh, her name is Dora. I like to call her Dora the Centora. And ah. um, she is actually a playable centaur. And I always thought that that was super freaking cool. Very different, especially since this is a, you know, high fantasy sword and sorcery type of thing. And, uh, you know, centaurs are Greek mythology. So it kind of is like, you know, it's adjacent. It's fantasy adjacent for sure. And there are plenty of, you know, fan, uh, fantasy centaurs, I think, at this point. But at the time, it just felt like, wow, I, I, I wouldn't have expected it and had never seen a playable centaur. I thought she was really cool. It's this blonde lady. And her weapon is very unique. Um, I always called it, I don't really know what to call it. I always called it like the uh, American Gladiator staff. It's like a bow staff, but it has those like big padded ends. It's a pugil stick. Okay. Yeah. A pugil stick it is. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of a bizarre choice for a weapon, but hey, you know, it, it makes her all the more unique. And uh, so, yeah, I, th I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, if, this, if this matters for the build... Um, one of the things that makes Golden Axe Golden Axe is that you can come across uh, various beasts 
and ride them. And uh, in the first game, there was, uh, you know, three, three, diff- three or four different things you could come across. And the enemies can actually ride them, too. And often they'll come on the screen riding these like a dragon or, you know, different things. And you can knock off the enemy and then you can ride it yourself. And it's pretty fun. So that's like very golden axe. Um, in this game, they added rideable characters as well. And um, uh, my favorite by far is there uh, is this absolutely amazing scorpion, and and it is so big, um, it's like the, one of the one of my favorite probably sprite graphics of all time is this damn scorpion. I love it so much, and it kind of like stings with the tail, but it uh, it has this like electric shock that it does. Very very cool. But you're a centaur, so how are you going to ride on stuff? Well, she actually transforms into a human when she rides. Um, so her legs just kind of flat disappear in a flash of light. And uh, she's just got two human legs. Um, so yeah, kind of different. Uh, obviously I'm, you know, they, they must've had to do that. Cause they're like, well, if she can't ride anything, then she's the worst character and no one's going to want to play as her. So we'll just make her, her horse butt disappear and that's fine. Um, so, but you know, it also sort of begs some questions. You're like, okay, well, well, what is she really? Like, is she a, is she really a human? Is she really a centaur? Why can she transform? So, um, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's my girl, Dora, the centaur, um, from golden axe death, uh, the revenge of death adder. That's uh that's cool. And, and the weapon's very balanced for someone with the height of a centaur. So I, I could see that working out well. Hmm. So what do you guys yeah, think? Could you could you ju- could you just imagine like holding that out left right and just mowing over? Yeah, you know, just, just p- people on either side of you as you as you uh, charge in as your own cavalry. I just, I just think of like spinning that thing around like a windmill in front of you, you know, and just like taking things out, like knocking off helmets, especially like that would be a great weapon for that. <laughs> My God, could you imagine? Could you imagine jousting? Yeah. Like you yeah, could, you could never, you could never be unhorsed. Well, I mean, you know, unless you go up against uh, what, what's that guy from uh, Knight's Tale? Yeah, you've been, Alan you've, been <laughs> tried, you've been found yeah. wanting. No, it was the other one from Gelderland? You know, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Or or uh, or uh, Sir Ulrich. Or uh, uh, the mountain kill kill game. Like he would just, he would just oh, the game. Yeah, he would just cut the horse in two. He's not messing around. So, so um, what what would you think then for armor? Um, well, it, it looked it looked to me like it was just kind of like a cloth armor. There uh, is a yeah, there is a centaur race. There's a centaur race added with um, oh, it was at the Theros expansion for the Magic: The Gathering Dungeon Dragons crossover book. So, a centaur is a playable race. Um, as far as the you know hiding your human part or your your horse part, um, I think probably a magic belt that like would take away your horse ass mm-hmm. um, wow. would, would almost have to be like some kind of homebrew magical item. Um, and, and you know again, it sounds like it's strictly cosmetic. I really don't see what she's benefiting other than you know like you said the ability to ride things. But I mean, you could just theoretically could ride the booth. Yeah. Um, and there's spells like alter self and everything that would make it the, so the appearance of you know her horse half was gone, um, like I said, or a magic item you know just kind of, kind of, dimensionally displaces these legs. But I don't know. It's like I always feel like from a role playing aspect, it's like are you used to walking on two legs? Does it make a difference? 
But here's the weird thing about from a role playing aspect, would she go crazy over peanut butter? I, I don't know. I don't know. That I, the I, little I, bit of story you get in the uh, the opening credit scrawl is like uh, it, it's just not that specific. Does she like hoard apples, or is that? Or can I can I say that about centaurs? Or it's like I think that's racist. I yeah. I I retract. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't. I say the the nay. Yeah. I say the nay. <laughs> But uh, here's the weird thing about centaurs is if you actually like look at them closely, like I and once somebody pointed this out to me, I'll never be able to unsee it. I can never look at a centaur the same way ever again. They rib have cages. two rib cages. <laughs> they, they have two they rib do. cages, and there is a hilarious picture of baby centaurs where it's like when you realize that colts can can stand after a couple hours, but baby humans, you know, can't support their own neck till months later. <laughs> and it's like the, the little infant body, the little human infant body, is like being whipped around by the horse body. <laughs> I mean, what you if know, he had like a double spine or something? You know, like, oh, like I knows? mean, you have to coop. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got horse body, and then you've got human. Well, you think it's so one long, one long spine? What? That's, that's ludicrous. That's like yeah, he's got the, the amount of bend. The, I mean, this is of, the worst of spina bifida I have ever seen. In my I mean, life. the sheer amount of vertebrae needed for such a spine is just—it boggles the mind. I don't think that. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't even know how that that works out physically. I'd, I'd like to see an X-ray of a centaur. That makes sense. I actually used to have a uh, for years. It was one of my favorite shirts. Uh, it was it was a skeleton of a, a centaur. I wore all. I wore that thing until it fell off me, and it was a. It was just a great shirt. But it's like, yep, two rib cages. Yep. <laughs> Remember that shirt, Greg? I do. Yep. <laughs> or that thing. It wasn't black anymore. It was. It's like you yeah, know, it was, it was pretty there faded. Was, yeah, there was of, that and the great pants debate of where do the pants go? <laughs> uh, you you go no pants. Like, do they cover? Oh, yeah. Do they cover just the horse booty? Do we, you know what do you wear them? What do you wear them up to his human belly button? I don't know. I've never seen a, a horse wear a thong, but I think uh, I think if anything, it's going to be something like that. That's interesting. Uh, like yeah. Donald, like Donald Duck, where they only wear a shirt. Well, if you look at, I mean, if you look at Donald's, uh, Donald's outfit and Mickey's outfit, right? Don't, doesn't it make like a full, complete outfit that matches? Or it, I think it would. Yeah, it's Pooh. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Mickey. Mickey cut his shirt off to give to Pooh. Okay. Okay. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. But between the two, and the weird thing is, it's like some some scenes with Donald Duck, like it's okay that he's not wearing pants, and then other ones he becomes embarrassed. <laughs> when his shirt's not on, like he covers right, his, right. When his shirt's not on. It's like, wait a second, like, right, totally. On here, it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, we are we are we gonna class Donald Duck because I think that's a <laughs> total barbarian, straight, yeah. just pure rage. <laughs> that duck has got some anger issues. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I want a new duck. <laughs> One that won't try to bite. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think some kind of battle mage probably going the other way with wizard first and then dipping into the warrior or. Uh, Who are you talking about now? This, uh, you're still Dora. Oh, you're still on still. On, oh, I thought we were going centaur because that's a race and then magic belt. I like that. Polar master, probably. Um, yeah. You get an attack action with attack uh, with a glaive halberd or quarterstaff possibly pugil stick and uh you can use a bonus action to make a melee attack uh, with the opposite end of the weapon that sounds perfect 
Nice. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think especially with the fighter in there, you'll get that 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 windmill action going on. Um, we'll go on to the Genesis game. Aha. Well, I happen to have one. It's called Chakan the Forever Man, a game that also came out for the Game Gear back in 1992. And now, uh, what drew me to this game was basically the cover art because um, had this really awesome looking character, which is Chakan himself, and uh, I imagine. Eddie, the mascot from the band Iron Maiden in, like, the world of H.R. Geiger, which is basically oh, what wow. this game is. Except it's not fun, unfortunately. <laughs> because this game is just, it's just so insanely way too hard for its own good. And, I mean, I did beat the Genesis game, but it was just, like, one of those things, like, okay, it, it, I almost took it personally. I mean, I have to do this, and this was back in the day where I had time to play video games, so I was like, okay, well, why not? i got n- nothing else going on. So I did eventually beat it, and I was like, wow, this, this was not really worth it at all. So, but the character yeah, looks no, awesome. No menu, no menu options whatsoever. No way to adjust the difficulty. No way to adjust right. the lives, the continues, nothing. I didn't even think there was a sound check because, let's be honest, so. I mean, what would, you, what would you want out of the sound check other than hitting that, you know, just over yeah. and over and over, and it's like you were going to die a lot, and you're going to hear that how. Yeah, all- you are. Um, but the nice thing about that one was, you know, what he's almost like a lich. Like he just kept coming back, no matter yep. how many times you died, no matter what way you died. Like he was just, he was back for more. Uh, well, that was the, the thing. He he beat in order to get eternal life, and it you know it's one of those things where oh, be careful what you wish for, and this is his eternal torment. Yeah, and he went back. He's like, "Hey, like, you know, take it back. I don't I don't want it." And he's like, "Okay, you can I'll break the deal if, you know, you defeat all the evil yeah, uh, in the world." And he's like, "You know, oh, okay, no problem." So that sounds like Spawn a little bit. Next thing you know, you're in some kind of hourglass space mirror dimension and you had your choice of four four elemental levels and at the end of the first level you got a new weapon because he started with those two two uh runic long swords yep and you would pick up potions throughout the levels of various colors and you opened your little spell book and it took me forever to realize that those were those were his fingers reading through the spell book because i was like you know probably seven eight years old yeah. uh, playing this game and I remember it scared the hell out of me. It, it, it you know, the the, the 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 cover and the fire and the and the demons and the the, the creatures and everything. It was it, how how this got on the Genesis is beyond me. It was certainly not for kids. True, um, kidding, right? But I remember each each weapon helped you on the next stage. And um, help being a uh, you know just kind of a overstatement, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know this. Okay, I know who you're talking about now because I remember seeing him in the advertisements for uh, comic books. Okay, they were gonna do, they were going to do a sequel. They were going to do a sequel to Shock and the Forever Man, and it was uh, it turned into Legacy of Kane, uh, the vampire game. Oh, well. I read on Wikipedia where like some of the assets were rumored to have appeared in like Blood Omen Two. Yeah, like it's like a. The direct the director um, Steve Ross was involved in both games. Oh, neat! Yeah, I saw some of the I saw some of the fan art where uh, you know he had human you know well human he had a uh, Caucasian skin tone, um, 
but wrinkly prune face uh, and like a Quan Chi style hat. That outfit, though, man, like if you you can't tell off his sprite, but if you look at the 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 manual that they gave you, um, he was he, he was probably here's the one we can flesh out the fullest. Um, I would go uh, haunted one or monster slayer background because he had like spikes and shurikens and and just all kinds of like monster hunter equipment on his bandolier. Um, and, and then the alchemy, um, so you probably had some sort of alchemy kit, uh, you were brewing potions. I know one lit your sword on fire. Uh, one gave you cold fire. There was, uh, green lightning and blue lightning. And I guess one was supposed to be earth damage. Okay. Uh, hmm. So he has a captain planet ring. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a spell book. He mixed these potions together. One oh. made you invisible. One turned the hourglass back upside down so you could stay. That's the other thing. You were on time limit in the levels. So you had a finite amount of time to get through the level, solve the puzzles. And like I said, you had to, uh, you had to go through, it was almost Mega Man like where you had to get the weapon from the first stage before you could get through the second level of the next stage. Like you needed the grappling hook to hook onto the goat skulls in the fire level. And then you needed to get the scythe to cut through the cobwebs in the earth level and you needed the yeah, axe. This, this game sounds way more awesome than it actually is, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need the axe to cut down the doors in the air temple, and then whatever the fuck you got from the, the sledgehammer or whatever came in handy. This does sound like Zelda. Somewhere. Um, but yeah, I would... In a weird way, it sounds uh, like DuckTales, too. So. <laughs> I would probably go some sort of, uh, again, probably Eldritch Knight or Ranger with, with the whole Monster Hunter thing. Um, dipping a little bit into the alchemy. Um, And and I would probably, it would probably be like some sort of, I'd say it almost, you know, it'd have to be a curse. Um, You know, it sounds great from a, from a Dungeon to Dragons perspective of, oh, you can't TPK the party because I'll just keep coming back. But it's like your character will also never, you know, from a role-playing aspect, will never find rest. Um, Right until this is done or even I don't know if revenants are a playable thing or not and he'd have like a year and a day to find death and and avenge himself but then you're only getting he's not really the forever man he's the year and a day man yeah um which you know most campaigns aren't going to make it a year and a day let's be honest yeah um but yeah, that was either that way. Was, he doesn't look like he's either way. He doesn't look like he's drinking buddies with paladins at all. <laughs> no, Definitely not. No, he's he's what a couple thousand years old. And then I think once you beat the four stages, you fight death again, and uh, yeah. it's not at all what you're thinking. It's some kind of golden baby temple Xerxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like what is going on. And, and uh, if you beat him again, he's like, finally, I can rest. And he's like, no, there are other worlds out there. And it's like, are you fucking getting me? Like, come on. Yeah. Literally forever. Uh, it took this long. So and, you get that far and you find out the princess is in a different castle. Well, you find out there wasn't even any princess. Wow. Yeah. Just more evil. That's bleak, yeah. man. You have to defeat all the evil. I didn't say all the evil in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like oh, he, couldn't, he couldn't sleep. I think he couldn't rest or sleep either. It's like... So you wonder if he looks that haggard from being old, from being tired, from being old and tired. 
it, it was nuts. But I just remember that that howl of pain every time you died or every time you got hit. Ow! 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 Yeah, it's like <laughs> crazy sounding. Like right when you boot up the game too for the Genesis, it's like Rawr! it's like oh my god. Yeah, you better make and sure then, you and the got Sega the Sega logo turns red. <laughs> yeah, and then the thunder. Yeah, that was yeah. oh my god that. Yeah, you know what? You don't want to play Shock and the Forever Man. You want to watch someone else play Shock and the Forever Man. Yeah, <laughs> just seriously. Five minutes, you got your fill. You got the gist of the whole game. Yeah. There's not really right. the, the super the super spin jump where he like twirls 30 times. Yeah. With the swords extended. It looks cool, but it's almost like, oh, the enemies take so many goddamn hits. And it's like, okay, well, it's weird because you can also hold your swords out and just like keep them there. It yeah. the hit, but. The enemies just go like right through it. Yeah, they'll take a hit too, but they take all. They all take more than one hit, so it's not gonna matter. Yeah, you so could you could hold the weapon out and use the directional pad, and it would just. Yeah. It would. Yeah, it would swing all like around. Like an air traffic controller. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah, they need to re-release that on the Wii and just go absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. I Actually, think like you... the one thing that the um. The Game Gear version had over the Genesis version. I mean, obviously, it fits for a handheld system, so the graphics are like weight, you know, downgraded and all that stuff. But it did have speech in the intro or the speech in the uh, the title screen. It would actually say "Jakon the Forever Man," where the Genesis one didn't. I remember that. Yeah, was, no, you had to read that shit. We always we always made fun of it because it was like it almost didn't sound like there was an N on man, and it was like "Jakon the Forever Man." The Forever Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to check that I, out. I love the Game Gear. I mean, if you talk about like one system that was completely underrated, you know, um, I only knew a few people that actually had it. I but when you got your hands on that thing, that thing was great. And we need, to, we need to address the elephant in the room here. The Sega Genesis, no memory card, no save feature, did not save to the cartridge. You started shocking it forever, man. Your ass was going to sit there until you finished it. Yeah, there was yeah. no like no passwords, like I said, no battery, no save. Yeah, nothing. You you no. go through it in one second. You don't go through it at all. Yeah, Everything was like no all the designs except like 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 the only like really good. I mean, the music was really good and like the aesthetics were awesome. Other than that, this game is gonna bang you six ways to Tuesday. Oh my god! <laughs> if you listen to uh, oh god, whose cover of Head Like a Hole is it? It sounds like it's off the show. Clay version. Oh, <laughs> it, it sounds like it's off the Shock and the Forever Man soundtrack. I mean that that yeah. I, in fact, I have the Shock and the Forever Man soundtrack on my phone. Wow! And uh, those tracks are like fourteen, fifteen minutes long. Well, dude, you're speaking my language if you're talking about like Halo Seven or something like that with uh, Nine Inch Nails. So that 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 gets into my. Uh... It was. It was Nine Inch Nails. It was. <laughs> it was head yeah. like a hole, and I think it was the Nine Inch Nails cover, or maybe it was Devo did a cover of Nine Inch Nails. I think it was. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I had to throw that in there a couple times. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Actually, just... that does kind of sound like like uh, the background noise of Head Like a Hole. <laughs> it was, you know, uh, it, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. But um. Yeah, I, I so, remember even with the Game Genie. Even with the Game Genie, that was not saving you from the ice level where you just slid forever in a year. Oh my god, yeah. Talking the slide forever, man. <laughs> and the fire level, you just fall forever, man. And the cloud level, and the dude came in on the dragonfly scorpion thing, and the fucking... Fucking purple! Oh. 
That sounds frustrating yeah. as hell. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and then when I, I remember getting too far in the Game Gear one. So, I mean, I have no idea if that one's any better, but it might have been slightly, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I know it had talking. It it wasn't, and when you killed the final the final boss level, it wasn't just one soul that escaped. It was like a goddamn firework finale. Yeah, there was a lot of lot, lot of twinkling going on when you beated defeated bosses and enemies. Oh wait, my god! Wait, can I, I, do, can I do my fireworks finale impression? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah, who was it? Who was it over the weekend that set off the entire, the entire fireworks display at once? Oh, hmm. that's interesting. This past, <laughs> like, like this past weekend, someone. Oh, set off that the was entire... me. That's right. That was me. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> the the whole payload in one shitting. Just. Uh, they're, they're like, ah, oh, it's all brown. <laughs> there goes my tax. There, there goes my hard-earned tax dollars. Literally up in smoke. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, actually what uh you know, jumping back to the arcade, what started the inspiration for this episode was uh I wanted to get the retro guys over onto Epic Tales because you know they're good friends of ours. You know, I, I, I like what you guys do over there. Um Thank you. You know, unfortunately yeah. the, the I've had limited interaction with you guys compared to, you know, Joe and Tim. Um but uh, you know, see so the, the interaction we've had once you know we we created this you know this this uh, epic retro chat, uh, you know it's like we really got to to learn a little bit about each other. So I'm like these are really cool guys. Like I'm glad you know we we reached out and we're finally getting you guys on the show. Um, and, and as much yeah. as Joe wanted to be here to talk about his game Chrono Cross, um, I, I know he couldn't make it. <laughs> That's a funny joke you just made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I hope he hears it. <laughs> he couldn't find the time. Well, Joe hates Chrono uh, Cross. He loves Chrono he hates it. Yeah. But my original idea was uh, Dirk the Daring from from uh, the quarter-eating monster itself, uh, Dragon's Lair. Yes. Based on the Don Bluth animation. Yes. Going yes. from going from the man that would not die to the man that just could not seem to live. <laughs> oh, man. It, just everything. And it was one, I remember we had one for the, the PS1. It was called Braindead 13. It was that same kind of puzzle uh yes yep uh with like uh, dexter and he had like all those weapons on him and he was like a bat it was a pizza delivery guy that took a wrong turn and ended up in a mansion with a psycho who had two hooks for hands and he wanted his brain for something or another um and i remember he, he pokes he pokes the psychopath in the eyes and he goes to grab his, you know, like one would do when you know you go to grab your eyes pokes himself in both eyes with both hooks uh, but oh, yeah, that's I, not a good night. Yeah, I think that Dirk the Daring would make a, a pretty cool build. And then after I looked at it, I went, "No, not really. He's a fucking idiot." Like, <laughs> sure, he managed to use the the horse, which is you know reminiscent of the Battletoad light tunnel, uh, a, a thing. But just imagine if you were at the arcade playing Battletoad and you had to pump a quarter in uh, every time you smacked it. Oh, in one of the turbo tunnels like yeah that's why they made the uh the arcade was so much more playable i mean the arcade is my favorite version of battletoads because it just is more of a regular game <laughs> battletoads in its like you know pure form is just you it's like do you like battletoads really because what is battletoads every level is a different game 
Yeah, what is it? I guess that's true. It starts out and it's it's a beat em up game. Okay, that's only that first level though, and part of the second, and then or part of the third. Second level, you're descending, you know, down the pit. Totally different style game. Then the third level starts out a little bit of beat em up, and then it turns instantly into the dreaded bike level, the speeder bikes. So then, or in the arcade, it was like you know pizza cutters, and then in the uh, and then later it does like the snake level where you're riding on the snakes. It's like. Every level is freaking different. Like, what even is this game? And you could, uh, you could like, pull things off and use them as weapons. Like, uh, like you could rip a pole off and use that to, like, whack people. So yes. it, it had, like, those innovations yeah. to it where it's, like, you didn't see that in a lot of, like, NES games. And right. Then as it got up to, like, the Genesis, I guess, like, Streets of Rage got more like that. But... It, it was, uh, I think it was an early pioneer for some of that. Yeah, stuff. it was. It was very different. I mean, like, the, the, the thing that always bugs me, like, especially by the time we got to the Super Nintendo, it's like that game Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. Why in God's name couldn't we just be all three Battletoads? Like, what the fuck? Why, why did you bother even making three characters? Like, just make two. Just make two. It's so annoying. And like the arcade is the only freaking game. Well, and also Battletoads and Double Dragon are the only ones where you could actually choose all three Battletoads. What was it? Wart, Zit, and... It was Zits, Rash, and Pimple. Rash. Pimple. And okay. Pimple. And then the first original game, Pimple was captured and he was like the tall one. And back then they were all, it was like <laughs> Pimple and Rash were both green and Zits was yellow. And then later they they're like yeah we're changing all the colors rash can stay green pimple's gonna be brown and zits is gonna be turquoise so none of them are yellow oh my god and uh and zits was the leader but he got captured in battle toes and battle maniacs and pimple got captured in the nes game so it's like what why but the arcade you could just choose them all so it was great because they all had different moves and you know it was fun i like i, lo- I love that did, I love did that you arcade. beat it do you beat the arcade? I've beaten it like on emulation, not actually. Oh, okay. I mean, not actually with the amount of quarters you'd have to pump in. But yeah, it's a it's a fun game, and they do uh, they do switch up the levels like here and there, and some of the boss fights are are different. Like they are like kind of over the shoulder, and they're looking like Girl. into the game, like we are sort of thing. Oh, like the GI Joe shooter. Yeah, and like uh, some of the bosses are like that, so that's fun. And I do think there is a I know that, yeah, the second level is definitely you're going down in a pit, just like in the NES one. But but it's fine. It's like, do it once in a while. Don't make every single level something unique. I mean, that's just like, I like I said, I, I literally don't know what this game is. It's everything. It's, <laughs> it's weird. Well, it looks like it's that time again, heroes. We're going to take a long rest, and we'll see you in the next quest. Mm-hmm. Good night, Mr. Cooper. Good work. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. You were Battletoads. As for the rest of you, be kind to yourself and each other. Good luck, happy gaming. We'll be back next week to finish the rest of the quest.
Ahoy there, adventurers. Are you looking to set sail on an epic adventure of your very own and hoist your own colors? Well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make your very own podcast, and it's free. There's a variety of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your very own podcast right from your computer, and Anchor will even publish your podcast for you, making it available on other apps such as Spotify, iTunes, you can even extract the files and upload them to YouTube. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky Sample Pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor Sample Pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Gurky here with a very special discount code from Mythical Meats. Use code NEILBOG15 for a very special 15% off one order. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music, pants, quoting video games that don't have dialogues, shabibans, tasty news, unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia, butt breathers, uncomfortable nature facts, or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retrodocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retro Doctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome.